Hey Rebels, welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. Have we got a program for you today. Here's what I can guarantee. You're never going to hear another broadcast like this anywhere else on Christian Radio. We've got Tim and Ann Evans back on the broadcast by very popular demand. People were begging us to get them back on the broadcast because their new book released and it's titled Naked. Reclaiming Sexual Intimacy in Marriage. And I got to tell you, we talk about it all on Rebel Parenting today. You're going to love it. They've also got two amazing giveaways for each and every one of our listeners. The first one is called 20 Takeaways from 40 Years of Marriage. This is nuts and bolts stuff you can put into your marriage right now. Give it an upgrade today. Definitely want to get that one. Here's the one everyone's been asking for. It's called Why You and Your Spouse Need to Schedule Sex and how to have it more frequently. You can get both of these by heading to timplusann.com. That's T-I-M-P-L-U-S-A-N-N-E.com. Sign up for the newsletter. They'll send you both of those. If that's too hard, go to rebelpentine.org, my website. Click on the link on the right-hand side. We'll get you signed up too. Those are great giveaways. You don't want to miss those. I'm blowing up the Instagram feed. We've changed it. We're now on Instagram at rebelparenting. Also, Rebel Live every Monday and Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, facebook.com slash Dobson. Let's stop wasting your time. Let's talk about Naked right here on Rebel Parenting. Tim and Ann, thank you so much for coming back. You are our second repeat guest. We had um, Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work You Love. I've had him on twice. Oh my goodness, so amazing. But you guys... We had more requests for this broadcast than any other broadcast we've done. We've had yep. people that are super excited mm-hmm. about broadcasts. When we said you were coming on to talk about this subject, I mean, we got our, our social media blew up. Like we had people want to know. Yeah, people want to know. Now people are like, "What are you going to talk about?" It's sex. We're going to talk about sex. So thank you. Oh Thanks for gosh. coming to Rebel Headquarters. You're in thank the studio. You. Well, we're so glad to be here. We love spending time with you guys. So much fun. Now, for those that don't know, if you didn't hear the first broadcast, Tim and Ann are Laura and I counsel. They're our counselors for our marriage and our life. They are our mentors, counselors. We see them regularly, and our lives have improved dramatically. How long have we been seeing you guys? We can either confirm or deny. Yeah, that. that's so great. Yeah, we don't Ryan see you guys ever. Dobson, sorry. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. When you talk, you're going to have to get on the mic or you're going to sound <clears throat> echoey. Yeah, even when you make jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we've sent so many people to you and they go, oh, yeah, we, we found out about you from Ryan and Laura. And every time Tim goes, we can either confirm or deny if we know anybody named Ryan or Laura. And my friends are like, what? <laughs> like, that's how it is, which I appreciate. You know me. I'm such a huge privacy freak that I appreciate that. I love going to see you. But... Today's topic is sex. You've got a brand new book out called Naked. Yes. Reclaiming Sexual Intimacy in Marriage. The cover is spectacular. I love the cover. And for those listening, you have to go to the website, rebelparenting.org, or go to the social media feeds, at James Ryan Dobson or at Rebel Parenting. you got to see the cover of this book. It is, it's so good. It makes you want to pick it up. It makes you want to read it. And everybody wants to know about it, too. Everybody wants to know about it. You've been marriage counselors for a long time I know the answer. Why write this book? Yeah. Well, I think to start out, first, thanks for endorsing our book, you guys. Mm-hmm. And to start out, like I saw we say- I in there. We're in there. I was like, that's all fancy. There's a quote from me and you yeah. in here. I think the first sentence in chapter one, or when we teach or do a, you know, a naked gathering, mm-hmm. we declare and decree that God is pro-sex. Mm. And you know, we've been going to the church for over 60 years, and yeah. I don't know about you guys as well. How many times have you heard a, a preacher, a pastor, a teacher, a you know, spiritual parents, even moms and dads, really say God is pro-sex. He designed yeah. it. He is pro-intimacy and sexuality. It's so the rarity for sure. That's kind yeah, of yeah. The- and sometimes when you even hear that God is pro-sex, yeah. inside people just cringe, and it's because I think we can't think of God and sex in the same frame. And the reason for that is because Mm -hmm. I think there's so much shame around sex. And so when we write the book Naked, um, it's funny because my granddaughter uh, came up to us giggling and she said, you know, Noni, Pop Pop, is it true? Did you write a book called Naked? And she just started giggling. Even at a young age, kids are picking up the wrong message Mm -hmm. that this is a shameful topic. Right, right. And that's why it's hard to mix God with sexual intimacy because it's a shameful topic. And... In our culture and in 2017, most people's first experience with sexuality is shameful. 
it's boys like me stumbling onto porn at their friend's house who found a tape under their dad's bed. I can I could name the person. I'm not going to put them on blast right now, but <laughs> sure. I had a kid, my best friend in the world growing up, showed me porn for the first time. I know hundreds of guys who learned about sex for the very first time from a tape someone found or a magazine somebody found, and then you feel guilty. Mm. Well, when you think about it, that's not such an odd story. A lot of us, if we go back and give our history with sexuality, what's our story? Where did it start? Where did we learn it? It's usually starting from a place where the enemy's looking to attack because Mm. the enemy knows if he can get you here, he can continue to impact and affect the rest of your story. Mm. So I think one of the things we want to say is sex is just such an important topic and not because we think so, because God created us as sexual beings. Mm And so I think sometimes anything connected to sex is an invitation and opportunity for our own healing because it triggers so many things, right? Totally. Yeah. And totally. that's why before often people want to talk about the sensitive sexual issues. But, it, you know, as we laid out the book and got feedback from our kind of tribe, they're like, get the foundation down. Get yeah. God's purpose for sex. Talk, discuss sexual histories like you talked about, babe, and mm-hmm. sexual imprinting and breaking soul ties and things. Before you start talking about the you know, more the sensitive issues that obviously are important to talk about. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Maybe you're saying, let's look at the why before we look at the how. Yeah. We always want to look at the how. How do we do this? How do we, you know, increase our sexual intimacy? How do we add variety, all that? But I think so many people, in fact, I'll ask listeners right now, do you know why God created sex? Do you know what the purpose is? Because if you start with the foundation or the bedrock, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. many other things fall in line. So let's start there. What is the purpose of sex? Well, as we outline in that chapter, we believe it's for five primary purposes, certainly not limited to five, but um, God created sex for celebration. It says Mm -hmm. in Colossians, whatever you do in word and deed, do all to the glory of God. That all includes a healthy sexual life within a marriage. That's right. Mm. He also created it for procreation. That's the obvious one, so that we can procreate, so that Mm. we can go forth and multiply. And I'm not only talking about biological children, reproducing biological children. I think sex is reproducing after our own kind. So reproducing Mm. as spiritual parents, as foster parents, as adoptive parents, reproducing after our kind. Definitely. Let's let's go back to number one, though. Let's let's really dig, dig more into it, because we know couples that... They followed Western culture. They followed pop culture, where the longer you're married, the less sex you have, the more you drift apart. And, you know, it's well, more of a business relationship now. The sex is kind of gone. So in celebration, the sex is a celebration thing. It's not just a procreation, but there's a celebration, there's a connection. We're going to get into more of those. But when you see couples where it's really lacking in their life, what else is missing? You know, if you've got a couple that comes in, they're like, you know what? We get along really well. We don't fight a whole lot. We do well with the kids. But... You know, we've just kind of, we're not that into each other anymore. That's all right. You know, it's just phase in life, you know, and and they're kind of flippant about it. No big deal. I I look at that relationship and I think, yeah, but what are your kids seeing? Yes. And and are you really happy? Like, what's going on? Don't you want a great sex life? Don't you want crazy wild sex? Don't you want to worry that you're waking the kids? Don't you want to, you know, I mean, that that worries me. Are you finding successful marriages that don't have a great sex life? So are you asking what's missing if people aren't able to celebrate even that first? Um, One of the things that Tim and I always start to do when couples come into the office is I don't think we realize how important our stories are when we're Mm -hmm. talking about sexuality. So we use the image of a suitcase, two people bringing a suitcase into marriage. And in that suitcase is everything I've packed Mm -hmm. from life. Mm -hmm. And in that suitcase is my experiences with sex, what my parents told me about it or didn't tell me about it. Um, what, What did I pick up along the way? Because when I get into marriage and we both open up our suitcases and we go to engage in sex and celebrate, I say, this is what I've got from my story. Mm -hmm. And Tim pulls out Mm -hmm. his suitcase and says, this is what I've got from my story. And sometimes those stories conflict or they tell a different message about what it is we're engaging in. So if my story is about shame and it's about hiding and it's about um, abuse, abuse, it's like, wow, that's going to tell a very different different story around celebration is going to seem offensive to me. Like I don't even have a file for that. Let's celebrate with something that makes me feel guilty and shameful and dirty. Exactly. And that happens. And if you haven't asked the question, you know, for for Laura and I, when we saw you, I had a real awkward feelings around sex for Mm -hmm. a long time, but why, why did I have that? What was the cause behind that and digging into that was a really big deal what you said earlier it's not just about 
how, how do we have more sex? How do we add more sex? How do we, you know, all that? It's, well, what's going on in the first place? Because when you think about it, all those how questions are behaviors. How do I mm. behave differently? Yeah. How do I enjoy? But what we want to focus couples on is yeah. identity. How are you mm. created? So if we're not about behavior modification, yeah. we exactly. keep saying that. And that's not what we're about in marriage or marriage counseling. It's not about just the way I act, but it's where my heart is coming from because that will really dictate how I act. As, as counselors, we believe that tools and tips and techniques, you know, you've heard us say this before, they're important and they're valuable, but you got to start at the foundation. You got to mm-hmm. start at the right mm-hmm. cornerstone, being God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then build on from there. Circling back to your question, but I think another thing we found working with couples is uh, they compartmentalize. You know, their spiritual life, mm-hmm. why well, my quiet time today? Okay, but your spiritual life is 24-7, 365 till you take your last right. breath. Yep. Or my mm-hmm. you know, spirit one is soul one is body one as it talks about in, in Thessalonians, you know, my soul one is my friendship, my intimacy. We're dating, we're going on a date and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. doing for my bride. And sex life is also compartmentalized. And we try mm-hmm. to more integrate it from a holistic perspective, yeah. saying, Where are you spiritual? Are you praying mm-hmm. about your sex life? Your intimacy, mm-hmm. your soul one is directly relates to your physical you know, body one. But don't you think we all want to have a checkbox kind of lifestyle where, okay, I said I did my quiet time. I went for a walk today. I had fun. I gave 10% of my funds to church. A plus B equals right. C. Well, it's that whole thing of people where we were just talking to a friend of mine. They're like, this person goes to church all the time. They're doing all these things, but they're not spiritual just because you're doing the checklist. Doing, right. I did my time. I was respectful to Ryan I was respectful you know and life should treat me this way and it just doesn't work that way it's yeah. so fluid sometimes well, just right. to kind of dovetail a little bit off for a moment it's like we love the merging generation because they're not hung up with a lot of those old rules that yeah. Ann and I yeah. you know it's like yeah. you just did it because and you guys ask why and why should I and what is the church mm-hmm. or what is intimacy or sexuality or community and authenticity mm-hmm. so I think the as the generations come together, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a a, a reformation of marriage and sexuality is going to be a huge part of that because the culture and the media and Hollywood and everything else is so hijacked. Yeah, it has to be. Right? I just got chills when you're saying that, Tim. I mean, with it being so hijacked across the board, across the globe, that God has to redeem it, right? Right. (laughs) I mean, you look at that. I love that you said it's been hijacked because when you look at sitcoms, I mean, when I was little... Uh, the last time I think I can remember a positive father figure in a house was Brady Bunch. I'm going to say Brady Bunch. 70s? Cosby. Ooh. Sorry, goodness. people. But well, and that's, Cosby. Again, yes. super controversial, but absolutely right. right. So in the, the 80s, we had the Cosby family where, you know, Cliff Huxtable, doctor, disciplinarian, involved in the kids' lives, cared, emotional health, all and the well-being. There for his wife. That's right. And now... Again, I think this is what you're saying, being hijacked, because now you look at, quote unquote, America's dad, that's what they called him, oh, guess what America's dad was doing behind closed doors, and that's how we feel about relationships, because of the hijacking, because every time you turn on the TV, whether it's Everybody Loves Raymond, or whether it was Friends back in the day, or whether it's Mike and Molly, or whether it's whatever's on television right now, Modern Family, I mean, you look at that, every single relationship is highly dysfunctional, and there's no ideal, there's no goal. Sure. There's no, wouldn't it be better if, there's no, and that not only that, in the relationship portrayal, there's never a striving for a goal. It's just, this is who, this is who I am. Mm. Well, this is who I am. I'm sorry that offends you. This is who I am. I was born this way. I was made this way. This is right. who I am. I'm not going to get better. This is who I am. Can we jump back into, because I, I know yeah. I have lots of friends out there that do not celebrate their sex life. So what would you say to someone? Where, where could they start being like, oh, yes, I would love to have a celebratory sex life. Where can I start? I think, again, um, looking back at your history, maybe having somebody join you in community, I would say to you, um, if that Easy was your now. response, I would say, who I'm are you? That was a terrible joke. Who, who are you connected with in your life? Like, mm. who is it that you can talk to about this? Because as we go through yeah. the purposes for sex, I guarantee that some of them are going to be trigger points for yes. every single listener. So the bad news isn't that you have a trigger point. The good news is that you have a trigger point, and God is inviting you Amen. to take a look at that at a closer mm-hmm. level. So is that's a very big question, yeah. Laura? Yeah. Where do they start? 
starting with themselves and the Lord, starting with understanding what that trigger is about and inviting somebody from community that's a professional, that's a trustworthy friend, that's a godly person that can help them take those initial steps in, how do I get better? Where do we start? Where do we start? What's the next step? Often the religious oriented default is that it's an obstacle. Yes. You know, my sex life sucks. So, you know, yeah. We can't get it right. Everybody's right. is better. The comparison. Identity. There's something's wrong with, with me. Something's wrong and with them. Yeah. Some, it's always the default conversation. Of course. Yes. And that allows us to go, well, whatever, and yeah. then just isolate. I'm just going to go look at porn, and I'm just going to go masturbate. I'm just going to go do something else, and forget it. I'm not working on it. It's the cop out. No, right. but here at Rebel Parenting, we are engaged. That's yes. Right. Amen. And <laughs> we, are and we encourage, you know, pretty much everybody across our path when they come with obstacles and the first thing we say in our office is those who marry will have trouble, First mm. Corinthians seven twenty eight b But we try to encourage them to bring it to the Lord, even before yeah. bringing it to each other or us, and look at it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, For your listeners out there who aren't celebrating, it's an opportunity. Don't focus on the negative, yep. the obstacle. God is in this. Mm. There are Amen. people, it usually involves a team to help them take next steps mm-hmm. with their own. Uh, and I- you were talking a second ago about getting a trusted friend, something like that. I'm going to just go out there and say, I recommend a counselor. Yes. I recommend a professional. If you have someone that you know is the deeply committed believer and they've got a great foundation and grounding and their sex life is on fire, by all means, those people are rare. Yes. Yeah. In your situation, if you don't know someone that you immediately think of and go, yep, that's the person. I've got to talk to that person. If you don't immediately have that light bulb moment, find a professional. And don't think you have to stick with that professional. Go and have an introductory meeting. You shouldn't pay for an introductory meeting. Go meet with a counselor. Tell them what you want to talk about. Get a little bit of advice and see if you vibe with them. See if you connect. This is a relationship. Yeah. If you don't connect with them, by all means, get out. Find another person. That's really wisdom, right? I've been doing this since I was 23. This is my 24th year. Now over half of my life, I've gone to regular counseling. It's why I'm as healthy as I am today. It's why I'm, I'm, I've got a, man, I love being married to Laura. I do. It's, it's, I can't even believe it's so good. Well, you know what? I couldn't agree with you more, but here's where, this is what I just want to add. Yeah. People seeing counselors is sometimes the ideal, not the norm. And it takes people a lot to get to that point. And Mm. sometimes we feel like we have to be broken before we absolutely make the appointment. Mm. And so as a trusted friend, if somebody is coming to you, it's great to say to them, Laura, if I was talking to you, you know what, Laura, I love you so much and I care so much about you and Ryan and thank you for coming to me and asking me those hard questions. I so want to suggest that you take the next step and go to somebody. Here's somebody that I know. As a trusted friend, realize your limitations, that you are not a professional. Realize your boundaries, that I can't take people further than I've gone myself. But encourage them and support them. That's what community is. And really, when you think about counseling, it's the next step in community. It's professional community. But it often starts with personal community. And there is a stigma around marriage. It's like even when I was on the fire department for over 20 years, I'd say, hey, Annie and I are doing a little marriage gathering. You know, it's going to be at Willow Creek. I can get you in for free or I'll cover it. And then they're like, Timmy, no way. I'm like, well, why not? It's like, then my wife will think we have troubles. If it's not broke... Guess it's what? Like, you do. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. said, well, if your I, wife doesn't think it, she knows it. Yeah. If I treated you to a seminar to knock two strokes off your long game on the golf course, oh, I'm in, you know? Yeah. Or, right. you know, I got Cubs tickets. Yep. You want, oh, I'm there. You know, it's like, I'll make it happen. But with marriage, yeah. there's such a wall and such resistance, resistance. that it's got to be broken down. If you're married, you will have troubles. And that's the good news. That's the good news. The good news is you're like everybody else. Like, here's the thing. We went to a marriage conference. We're putting on a marriage conference uh, August 18, 19, and 20 in Colorado Springs called Fusion. And on our way there, the couple we're co-sponsoring with was like, oh, man, you know, your marriage is better than, like, everybody that you know. And I was like, oh, no, it's not. And i like, yeah. I I remember just thinking, oh, you're not in my counseling sessions. You don't know. Like, it's really, like, I, I really have no business being on the radio. And we go to this amazing conference and it reminded us, oh no, we have a great marriage. We were just doing so much work that we were focusing on the negative. Hmm. You know, this is the one thing I want to say about counseling too that people are talking about it. It does, it takes a lot for people to get there. The problem with that is by the time most couples get to counseling, it's too late. This shouldn't be a stigma. This should be like, hey, the oil change light is on. In fact, it's on yeah. in my truck and yeah. I will be going to get an oil change tomorrow in the truck because the oil light's on. It's been on for a little while. Maybe your light's on. When's the last time you did a little preventative maintenance? Just something to strengthen it up a little bit. Don't wait 
Don't wait till it's too late. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I'm an idealist sometimes, so I don't like to think it's ever too late. But Mm -hmm. let me put it this way. It's going to be a lot harder. Mm. Um, So sometimes those simple questions like how do we connect sexually and um, how do we talk to each other about difficult issues? We're going to have to do a lot more going back and digging into family Mm. history before we even address those questions. So Mm -hmm. not so much the how, but let's go back to the bedrock, to the foundation. Why why are we even married to begin with? What's the purpose of sex? Why do we even have to connect? Why did God create us this way? Mm. And the payoff is so great. Let me just tell listeners out there, and I know it's hard to hope at times. It is. And this is coming from someone that was divorced. I've been divorced in the past. I was married for six years. I went through a terrible divorce. And I'm married again. I don't want to get back there. The effort is worth it. We started seeing you a number of years ago. And I remember, I don't know, it was a little ways in thinking, man, we still fight over the same things. Like, what's going on? Like, I mean, aren't we ever going to get over this stuff? And the funny thing is, we still fight over some of the same things, which we probably always will. But my goodness, some of that stuff doesn't matter at all. Our marriage is so much better. Our sex life. I keep telling Laura, I didn't know it could get this better. I didn't know it would just keep getting better. Like, what's it going to be like in 10 years? Like, I I better start working out more. Like, yeah, it's so good. If you invest in it, you can hope you can hold on to that. It gets so much better. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh about it taking the Israelites 40 years to reach the promised land when it was just an 11 day journey. Mm -hmm. Um, But how many of us are walking around in the wilderness and in the same old cycle for years and years and years with our marriage. Aren't we a little bit like the Israelites when we need to take ownership and responsibility and find out where God's working and join him there? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we're immature in our views of sex. We want to be instantly healed or we want God to meet us and he wants to meet us, but he's inviting us on the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What comes to my mind is just thinking, I just have some friends saying like they just don't enjoy sex. They love their husband. They love him dearly. But the sex is just not anything. I mean, it wouldn't even be anything to talk about because it's just not there. And and again, it's like my heart goes out to those people. There's so many different aspects that, you know, would encourage a medical examination, make sure everything's working, would encourage, you know, them to, you know, understand just even the the physical aspects, the anatomy of sexuality. I remember mentoring a lot of young men who said, my wife's never had an orgasm. And, you know, I'd say, well, do you mind unpacking a little bit about how your typical love making goes? And he yeah. had no clue, didn't understand yeah. his wife's body or different parts of her anatomy. It's mm-hmm. like, who's mentoring these kids? Mm. You know, I, had a, and, I had a young man ask me it's years ago. Porn for some yeah. people, and that's Porn's how they learn. Huge, and then, yeah, yeah a huge okay. Negative. Mm-hmm. Even going back to um, what you just said, I think if somebody came up to me and said, I really don't enjoy sex, the first thing I always want to do, because this is such a hot, difficult topic, is to say, you know what? I Thanks so much for sharing mm. that with me. And there's certainly been seasons when I can relate to what you're saying or I felt the same things. And while I don't always know the answers or where to you know, tell you to go next, I'll tell you this. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It's like if you came up mm. to me and said, you know what? I'm just not hungry. Like food never, I have a stomach ache every time I eat or it's painful when I eat. I would say, you know what? It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. You need to check into that. There's a reason for that. So I want listeners to start looking at their symptoms or their the things that they're afraid to talk mm-hmm. to people about. And I want them to start saying, thank you, Lord, for giving me yeah. that yes. flashing light that's going off because it's leading me to you for healing, for insight, because there is a reason why we feel the way we do yeah mm-hmm. and you're not For saying sure. it yes. should be that way in a shameful way yeah no shame no, no. It's, it's a f- and, and we, we were immediately created hear that, it way. that way yes you know when Laura and I were first married our sex life wasn't the way it should have been and I felt horribly guilty about it because I knew it was me I knew I felt awkward and weird about it and it took time to talk about it and to talk to Laura and to build our communication and I started learning the better I showed emotion the more I learned how to communicate all these different things were impacting how I felt about sex. So and now when you look backwards, you say, wow, now that I'm on the other side right. and we're not perfect, we're still working at it. But God really used that as a wake up call for us. Because if mm-hmm. I didn't have those symptoms, that awkwardness, that disconnect, I don't think I'd ever have had the emotional healing that yeah, I'm enjoying sure. today. And to the couples yeah. that say, I don't enjoy sex, I hear you. Let's work on a way so that you start enjoying it. Because if you don't, 
the most likely scenario is someone's going to look for it somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, well, yeah, those that's things a human, are missing. You know, and, Just, and this is what I'm, and here's what I'm not saying because people give me the hypotheticals all the time. Well, what if my wife is in an accident and we're not able to have sex anymore? Well, that's a very different scenario and you are the exception to the rule and we can talk about that completely in a different light in a different mm-hmm. scenario and the book Naked might not necessarily be for you. But this isn't the hypothetical. This is the general. In general, you really want to have a good, healthy sex life that you enjoy and you look forward to. Yes. That's the best thing for your marriage. It's worthwhile to tag on that as well. It's like if couples aren't celebrating, you know, again, the why, the root, like we're kind of discussing Mm -hmm. that. And it's like, I just feel like oftentimes it's just one next step because the enemy will offer a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of steps. Right. And you know what? And usually I think the number one sex organ in a person is their mind. So it's fantasy. It's comparison. It's hearing about other people's sex lives and trying to, you know, see if yours measures up. Measures up to what? Right. You know, or pornography, Mm, like you mentioned, Laura. It's like, it's just, it's crazy. And it's like, we have five grandkids. It's like, we're hearing stuff that's going on in grammar schools that Mm -hmm. I never saw at the firehouse in my 20s. It's like a whole different attack. Again, we're not battling flesh and blood. The Bible is clear, but powers and principalities and demons and agents of the enemy. So there's a spiritual attack against a listener who's not enjoying sex. There's more in play here. So what's the next step? Inquire of the Lord, you know, mm. and then get some help. In our experience is there's always a team involved. Totally. A totally. spiritual director, a pastor, a mentor, a yeah. counselor, you know. Let's get back into it. What are the other reasons for sex? Well, You've first got, we said celebration yep. to procreation. and mentioned that one. Uh, the next one is pleasure. We'll kind of skip through them a little bit. Sex is for pleasure, and not just for a man to have pleasure, but for a woman to have pleasure. I think sometimes um, with a dysfunctional view of sex, women automatically think or they're our culture raises us to think well it's more for the man's pleasure it's like women are sexual beings like and you know as time goes on women are taking more and more ownership and responsibility for their own sexual pleasure but it definitely is god gave us pleasure because i can experience pleasure generally with a lot of people but sexual pleasure there's only one person one relationship and that's in the covenant of marriage Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's for pleasure and then another one is comfort the bible talks in second samuel it's like Mm -hmm. i you know, again, being a yeah. fireman for 20-some years and being a nurse, you know, we've had people die in our homes. Three of our four kids are hospice social mm. workers. One works with kids, pediatric palliative care. Mm. And it's like, there's a lot of pain in the world. Yes. And I think couple signs who come to us, you know, and have experienced a trauma in life, we're like, well, how's your sex life? And they're like, oh, we, we haven't had sex in three months. So the one thing that could really connect they've them, they've from. actually yep. disconnected from. Mm. I think sometimes, again, we put sex on the last thing on our list and so we encourage couples that are grieving going through difficult times sex is so important it's such a connection point um sometimes i'll say to people i hope the next time i see you that you say things are still difficult but the highlights of my day sometimes are the connection that i'm experiencing with my spouse and the way Mm -hmm. god designed sexual sexual intimacy we have a whole chapter on orgasm and it's like the positive effects the release of oxytocin and endorphins and physically emotionally spiritually it's all in play it's kind of like the super glue that binds a husband and wife together Mm -hmm. so how about um skipping ahead to the last one the last one is for protection one of the purposes Mm. of sex is for protection and why does god need to protect us i always say to couples um i feel the strongest in covenant with tim when we're on track sexually when we're sexually disconnected i feel so disconnected from him so vulnerable so out there floating by Mm -hmm. myself so i want to ask listeners uh think back to a time and maybe it's you know maybe you wish that time was more often than it actually is but Mm. think back to a time where you were sexually connected and tell me if you don't feel more protected as a couple i think that if more couples were enjoying sex exploring sex together being open about um, some of the shame areas uh, there would be less um, pornography there'd be less adultery there would be less looking in the wrong places for intimacy Mm. you'd have less addiction less less divorce of course all that you'd have less kids you know doing crazy stuff in the home because there's this secure that's what i want to talk to parents about too if you got kids in the home and your sex life is bad they know it they don't know explicitly what's going on but they know there's a disconnect they feel that kids feel things i grew up wesley and nazarene i mean i grew up very very binary kind of black and white theology when Laura and I were early married and Lincoln was a baby, we went down to Pueblo 
and there's a river there that has a standing wave. So you sure. can get in the river and you can actually surf on a... On it's a, not surfing, people. It is not <laughs> surfing. The, the California pro. girl. The Sorry. Pro. You can stand up on a surfboard in a river in the same spot and go back and forth. I love rivers. I love oh. oceans. Laura will always be a better surfer than me. It's just how it is. She's fantastically She's talented. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. When we were there... Laura's nervous in rivers, not the ocean, but rivers. She was surfing amazing on this thing. Lincoln cried every time she got in the water. He just sensed her anxiousness. When I was in the water, he would laugh and clap and point and squeal. When she would get back in the water, he would start crying because she was nervous. He senses that. And she pointed that out to me. I thought it was a bunch of smoke and mirrors when we were first married. And Laura started pointing situations out with that. And I have to pay attention to her. She knows them. She's got that intuition going on. Your kids do too. If you want your kids to have a good marriage, work you on your marriage. marriage. That's right. Yeah, and I think that you're saying it's amazing how much people pick up on without it being a spoken word. I think sometimes as a couple, we think because we don't fight, because our kids don't know about our sex life, mm. how disconnected we are, uh, it's not affecting them. Yeah. It's like everything we do affects our community and the people around us. So oh, good, yeah. word. Totally. good word. Totally. If you want us to spend a moment on that, protection because i think that's such yeah. a key one of the primary passages in the bible is first corinthians 7 definitely and it clearly states you, know, you call it a command you know let the husband interesting the husband is commanded to fill his sexual duty to his wife you know he doesn't have authority over his own body but mm -hmm. his wife does and likewise also let the wife fulfill her sexual duty to her husband it goes on to say do not deprive one another except one by agreement so there's yes. mutuality for a time, it's temporary. Mm -hmm. For a time, we're not going to have sex. And it gives the purpose for the purpose of prayer. And then it goes on to say, and if I'm memorizing this almost exactly word by word, it's like, you know, and come together again, lest Satan tempt you. you. So what so, you're saying, if, if, if I have a friend and husband's drinking alcohol and she's like not respecting him, you know, struggling, she loves him, wants to stay committed, but he wants to come and have sex and all that time. And she's just feeling like, I need to... I need to say yes because he's my husband. We haven't agreed to anything, but then she's feeling used. Yeah, well, in that I, I think again we got to you know kind of quantify this, but this right. is God's ideal for sexuality. Let's yeah. put it in a different realm. Let's take the Great Commandment. We all are on page with that. Yes, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and foremost commandment. A second is like a, like unto it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's a command to love twenty four seven. Do I love my closest neighbor, my bride, twenty four seven? No. no. But I try. So when it talks about sexual duty, let's reframe it as God's ideal. There's a lot of reasons why people aren't having sex that may mm -hmm. be invitations to explore. Yeah. You know, to use your specific example, you know, we'd love to, you know, what else is going on in their marriage? How do they communicate? Is a husband demanding and controlling, mm. manipulative? And, and even and, when you say he's drinking, it's like we're not suggesting that people continue engaging in sex. Sexual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, we're saying um, maybe his drinking is an opportunity for you to say, honey, I love you. I'm committed to you and to covenant. But I'm not comfortable with um, connecting sexually right now. And I don't say that as a punishment to you. I say that because we need to figure this out. Yeah. So would you agree? Like, could we give mm. it a break for a week? Could we call in a third party? Could we seek counsel? Because if I continue engaging, we're not addressing the root issues here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so sex becomes a way to dismiss. A weapon or dis almost. Yeah, yeah either right. a weapon or, or a way to dismiss some really important issues yeah. that need to be addressed. And it's totally okay to say... I'm not comfortable having sex with someone that's buzzed or drunk. Right. That's but not you know okay what? for me. That right. feels like a violation and I'm not going there. Right. But I think a lot of times people do say that, but they do it without a strategy. Yes. They're not going to have sex, but they have no idea when they're going to re-engage mm -hmm. or what they're right. going to do there's, about the problem. There's no plan. So we always encourage a plan. So again, the enemy fills in the void with, mm. then the husband just acts out. Yeah. Right. Or pornography for or sure. worse or whatever. And just says, yeah, my wife won't, you know, won't fulfill her duty. Yeah. I've heard people say that. I'm like, I they're missing too. the whole point of that passage. And then he goes, Talk about that. I really do want to unpack that because I've heard husbands say that to me. Yes. As in my goodness, hey, if you're a husband out there listening, l listen up for a second. That entitled, I, I have a hard time not cursing at people like that. Like that entitled nature, like somehow you're owed this after acting like a jackass. Sorry. No, you are not. It is. That is not how it is. And you're never going to get anywhere in your life with your wife or your marriage or your kids with that kind of attitude. Well, well or not, not practicing laying down your life. Yes. That's what it is all about. That whole thing. I, I have husbands threaten their wives with porn. Well, then I'm just going to go look at porn. 
I guess if you want me to look at porn, then, then that's how it's gonna be. Oh, that's really what you want. You wanna threaten your wife into sex? I'm sure it's gonna be amazing. How great is your sex life when you when you threaten her and bully her into sex? Ooh, and it's oh. that victim mentality again where um, I'm gonna do this because you right. are making me. It's like healthy people have choices. Yeah. And so regardless oh, of- say that to us all the time. Healthy mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. have choices. So regardless um, of what Tim decides or how Tim responds or how disappointed I am at in our sex life, I still have choices to respond in a godly way, to seek my own counsel, to get my own healing. And I think I'm it's, responsible. It's worthwhile to tag on to that, that a lot of times, I think typically that is more of a husband, you know, demand or declaration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, I think the roots of that are really born out of, you know, misogynistic soil and right. hierarchical right. soil yeah. and complementarian soil that's not walked out the way Ephesians says a husband's to be the head who nourishes and cherishes what you've been preaching and dies for his bride. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a lot more in play well, for some dipwad. And that's what I want to say to husbands like too. That. In yeah. Ephesians, the word fair is never used. Christ laid his life down for the church and that's our example. And listen, I'm bad at it. My wife's sitting here. I'm embarrassed saying it out loud because I'm not good at this. And unjustly accused, unjustly tortured, unjustly killed, all of those things, nothing was fair about laying his life down for the church. None of it was. He was abandoned, rejected, all of those things, took on the sins of the world, and then you got a husband like, nope, I'm the head of her, it's what it says. I'm the leader. Right. I got, I'm making the I make the all rules. this money, I bought her this house. And, Ugh, that, and we, we hear that more times than you guys could count, I'm and sure. it's like, and I always go I back too. and look the man in the eye and say, Right, you're to be the head as Christ is the head of the church. And he's yeah. like, yep, she's to submit to me. And I said, well, does that mean you can trump and make her do things? Yeah, I'm the head. And I'm like, well, when does Jesus Christ as head of the church force us to do anything? Preach. Does he force us to accept him? Just show to the walk Bible laws, where Christ to, forced you know, people yeah. to serve, to, to give, submit. to tithe. It's like, so it sounds like you want to force your wife to submit and do what you want. It's like, let you me know, know let me know how that goes. Yeah, how's that working yeah. for you? Because that's not a biblical view of headship. And again, our just a little rabbit trail. We've talked yeah. about this on our other session, but before the fall, that's our co-leadership, mutual yeah. equality, mutual authority, where husbands and wives are totally all in, both given the procreation right. and both given the dominion rulership mandate. We'd need a few more hours to unpack totally. that. I yeah, think. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I think days the millennials are eat, chewing on what you just said a lot yeah. easier than I'd say the Gen Xers I do too. and up. Yes. I do too. Yeah. I just talked to a whole group of high schoolers, and I and said, I, I don't think they will struggle with this like I did. Here's what Tim and Ann and Laura aren't saying. That was me. I was the authoritarian, legalistic, my way or the highway, binary, black and white, I'm always right guy. And he was alone in our marriage for a little <laughs> did, while. How did that go, right? How's it's it true. working for and, you? you know coming what? back. And I'll, I'll be honest, and everybody knows I'm honest. I'm not pulling my pants down, but I'm, I'm trying to be honest with this. They would say, you are, you're right, you're correct. I would go, but I'm right, I'm not wrong. This is true. And they go, yep, you're right, you're right. You're right over there all by yourself. You are, you're correct, you're really smart, you're right. Does it matter though? Are you getting what you want out of being right? And, and that's hard for, for people like me. I'm the debater, I'm the lawyer, I'm... That's what I'm into. It didn't work. It never worked in my marriage. You wanna know why my marriage is good now? Because Laura is my equal. Mm, sweet. Mm-hmm. Again, she's after, after. as a with my kids, she's more important than me because she spends more time with them. We were just talking about this before the program. Right. I'm planning and learning to defer to Laura's direction on our children because she knows them better than me. Yes, I'll inquire of the Lord. Yes, I'll ask the Holy Spirit to help guide and lead me. And She's there in the trenches day in, day out, over and over and over again. She knows what's going on in their lives. She can say, hey, you know what? Lucy's really feeling sad today, and this thing went on and happened. What do I know? I've been at work all day. I don't know what's going on in my house. And that's why Tim and I avoid the word roles, and we talk a lot about functions. How do we function? Mm. Because that same role that you play with your kids in another home, the husband might play that. Yeah, right. For sure. And so uh, we talk about functions and spiritual gifts, but that's a topic for another day. And just circling back for one little tag on, it's like we've dealt with the negativity you know, in marriages, that's kind of our job. It's like every week we're encouraging couples, but we're getting kind of excited, especially with the millennial generation, mm-hmm. because when they hear about God's co-leadership design, initially some of the older people want to say, you know, where's your orthodoxy and how does that tie to scripture and yeah. what's going on here? Or guys but when like they, me. <laughs> but when they really read it and unpack and look at marriage before the fall, more and more lights are going on and yeah. going, wait a minute. It did for me. Maybe God did design us to not just be intrinsically equal as male and female, as husband and wife, 
but to be functionally equal and mm-hmm. having children and exercising the dominion he gave to the man and the woman in Genesis. Remember, mm-hmm. after the fall, marriage got hit yep. hard. Oh, you know, Lori, your desire will be for Ryan, yeah. and he will rule over you, the text reads, Genesis yeah. 3.16. And from, it's gotten worse in a sense, you know, oh, with completely. all the abuse and misogyny on mm-hmm. and on and on. That's why Definitely. sometimes the topic of naked brings us back again to the bedrock. And yes. we say, you know what? If I'm making a decision to be in covenant with you until death do us part, then I better get into the word and understand why God created us and what marriage is all about and what he has to say about it and stop depending on the generation before to set Mm. the model as if they're the Lord and go back to the scriptures Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, while I respect and honor the uh, model that my parents set for me, I want to go back and see what God has to say and learn it afresh. And yeah. it goes back to identity. Yep. We always want to talk about behaviors in the church and culture and elsewhere, and they're important. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, but your identity as a beloved son and a beloved daughter, you start digging roots in that, and all of a sudden you're not arguing about sexual yep. frequency yep. or locations, timings, or positions, or some of the sensitive sexual issues we address in Naked, because you're coming from more of a place of health and wholeness, how God designed. Speaking mm-hmm. of... So we're putting this marriage conference on in August and people keep going, well, what's different about this and everything else? And I'm like, oh, trust me, it's different. I've been to everything. This one's different. And a lot of people are like, oh, I know this book's about sex, but come on, it's a Christian book. How good could it possibly be? Like, Or how different could it be? Uh, how yeah. different is this book really? So I'm just going to start with part two. And it's titled Sensitive Sexual Issues. Chapter six is redefining sexy, sexual preferences, and sexual peak. Chapter 7, Sexual Frequency and Scheduling Sex. By the way, one of the give-outs, if you didn't hear at the beginning of the broadcast, if you joined us midpoint, why you, this is one of the give-outs we're, we're giving away. Listen to the end of the broadcast or the beginning and you'll know how. Why you and your spouse need to schedule sex and how to have it more frequently. That's from Tim and Ann. That's a good one. All the men listening here. Like, I know. They're yes, like, wait, yes. what? what? Wait, I, I think a lot of women's ears just perked I, up. I'm sure, sure. Come on, yeah, mamas. Sure. Chapter 8, Timing, Locations, Sexual Positions, Quickies, Sex Aids, Sex During Menstruation, and Personal Hygiene. Chapter 9, Orgasm. Chapter 10, Lust and Masturbation, Oral Stimulation, Oral Sex, and Anal Sex. Chapter 11, Bondage, Domination, Discipline, Submission, Sadism, uh, Masochism, BDSM. And Chapter 12, which is the end of Part 2, is Erectile Dysfunctions, Performance Anxiety, Impotence, and Next Steps. So, you ask, how is this different from other books? Pretty sure you know now. And you know, I think we need one book that we can go to that uh, Tim and I were just saying, we were married 40 years ago, and even then there wasn't a good book available. But our book, we've tried to not only focus in part one on the bedrock, the foundation, getting you started out by answering the why, but then we try to answer, uh, not thoroughly, but we try to touch on all those hot topics Mm -hmm. that we need more information on, we want more information, and we just try to normalize it uh, so that you're encouraged to go back with your spouse and say, what do we even think about these things? And, you know, to, to give a soft plug, it's like, we're both, you know, spiritual parents at heart. So it's like, yeah. it's not just, yeah. I'm an avid reader. I love to read. I give my grandkids a $2 bill every time they read yeah. a book. They're all excellent readers. But we also, also, we didn't release the book. It's been out about a month now until we had the companion journal. And Anne ran point in that because, you know, her, she functions more as a counselor with her mm-hmm. wisdom and discernment. So it's for a couple to go through. And yeah. each one of those subjects, topics that you read, Ryan, and it's like, and it's like, homework? It, yeah, it has homework Sorry. and has assignments. No pictures. That's well, they're, what the they're fire is. Conversations, no right? Pictures. No they're conversations. And the most important mm, part of the companion journal is the column. It's mm-hmm. listening yeah. to God. It's yeah. inviting God into your process. And then go through the difficult issues where we prompt you with questions Definitely. for each chapter. And guys, just, I mean, embrace the awkwardness. Honestly, just embrace yeah. the awkwardness. It's okay. Embrace the awkwardness. Have the conversation. I know there's guys like, oh my goodness, I'm going to talk about this with my wife. Yes, with your wife. And the end result, better sex, more sex, great sex. Yeah, and even understand that awkwardness is maybe there's some areas that need healing because why do I feel awkward about this? Why do you? That's right. Isn't this the person you chose to have sex with for the rest of your life? Right. And you feel awkward talking about sex with the person that you chose to have sex with for the rest of your life and nobody else? Yeah, and let's this, get over that. This maybe isn't even a good comparison, but we don't feel awkward when we take our car in for a tune-up. Now, of course, it's our car, but it's like we know that it's going to need some help along the way. We yeah. know that we can't mm-hmm. just drive it mm-hmm. to the ground. So why don't we look at our bodies that way and say, you know what? If I'm awkward about it, it probably comes from my suitcase from my past. So yeah. I want to get some healing on that, yeah. and then I want to 
keep moving forward this year with you in intimacy. Mm-hmm. So maybe this would be a challenge for listeners. Schedule a marriage tune-up. Yeah. Amen. You know, find a, a trustworthy counselor. Yeah. And, you know, just say, hey, you know, we married five years, 15 years, 25, 35, 45, or whatever. Yep. You know what? Here's a couple issues. A little foxes have been coming up more recently. Foxes. Often a lot of our counseling more recently has been empty nesters. You know, the culture that did everything for the kids mm. and their marriage just kind of went along. Yeah. And now there's an empty yep. house and they're going, who are you? Mm-hmm. And it's so exciting mm-hmm. to see God rekindle the passion mm. and kind of get the fires of their spirits and souls and bodies re-engage with God and one another. And that's one of the highlights of our lives. That's Definitely. Exciting. Yeah. And if you're in the Colorado Springs area and you are saying, hey, we want to tune up. Laura and I are putting on a fusion on August 18, 19, 20. And then November 10th and 11th, we're also going to be Amen. at another marriage workshop. So all that information is on our Facebook page uh, and at rebelparenting.org. Tim and Ann, we just love what you're doing for marriages. And I know... I can just feel people listening being like, yeah, I hear you guys talking about that, but that's just not for me. You don't know my story. You don't know mm. the shame and the guilt and the whatever it might be, their story. Um, I just, I have no hope, Tim and Ann. It's not, it's not for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good, you know, good comment slash question. And um, rather than even respond, would it be okay if we just prayed a blessing over that listener mm. and just yeah. I'll lead out and mm. Ann can follow? So. If you're listening right now on this Rebel Parenting Podcast, just take a few cleansing breaths, and if you can, (laughs) close your eyes and just uh, find a comfortable place. And Father, we just ask that supernaturally, through the technology that we're involved with here, that you can touch the heart, the mind, the soul, the body of each listener right now in ways that only you can. Father, I specifically pray that every man, woman, husband, wife, in some small way could better download in their heart of hearts that they are your beloved, your Mm. beloved son, your beloved daughter, and they matter to you. And Father, I just pray that supernaturally throughout their day or in the next few days that you give them even one next step, Mm -hmm. that they know it's not something that they are trying to work or manipulate or control, but it's something that has a supernatural Holy Spirit anointing on it for them to take the next step. And as you do that, Lord, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. Yeah, Lord, and I agree with all that. And I speak to every listener and I say, take the next step. And right now in your private time at home talking to the Lord, just take authority and say, Lord, I take authority over my mind and my body and I bind the enemy. And I say he can't operate in my life or in my marriage. So I bind shame and I bind hopelessness. And Lord, I know you're good. I don't always experience that maybe, but I know that you're good. So would you just right now infuse me with hope? Mm. And so I think those are good prayers, like taking ownership and just telling the enemy, kicking Mm. him out. He's not allowed to operate. Mm -hmm. And Lord, would you give me hope just to take the next step? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes an initial next step for me personally is when I'm in a whatever, struggling in a relationship, certainly in my marriage, you know, we still experience trouble. (laughs) We live out that first Corinthians seven passage is I just first ask God, is there anything I need to do? You know, mm. take ownership responsibility for, you know, growing up. First yeah. Corinthians thirteen, you know, time to grow up, Tim, even at sixty two. And then my next prayer request is, Father, would you help me to see my bride the way you see her? Mm. Would you help me to see my kids or grandkids or friends or right. clients or relationships. Right. God answers that prayer because yep. every person is made in the image of a good God. Yeah. Mm. So when you invite God to help you see that person the way he sees them, there's a mm. spiritual, there's an energy exchange, there's something supernatural that occurs in the hearts of a man or a woman that says, wow, and that infuses hope because mm-hmm. God's leading it. And it's not my next thing I would like him to do. And I think do. when God answers that prayer and he helps me to see you the way he sees you, immediately he normalizes the struggle and I see myself in it and... I want to outserve you or outlove you because I see the struggle in you just like it's in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's such an important step, because, seeing our spouse the way God sees because, them. And again, uh, Ann Evans' like slogan is control responds to control yep. and love responds to love. Yep. So if a listener in their root is coming from a place of control and they want their husband to be X, Y, and Z and the wife wants to, you know, vice mm-hmm. versa, the husband yeah. wants the wife to be, you know, A, B, C, there's usually a, a spirit of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you renounce and reject it and say, no, love responds to love. How can I reflect your heart to my spouse? How mm-hmm. can I reflect your love? What's one thing I could do to encourage my spouse today? Again, 
we're seeing such results, especially in millennials. They're up for challenges like yeah. that. They just yeah. are. Yeah. Well, and I think everyone wants something real and more. And I mean, I just hear the cry of the people like, hey, I got married because I wanted this amazing thing. And it's maybe they're disillusioned. And hey, if you're disillusioned, that is okay. Meet your God right in that disillusionment. That's right. Fight for a marriage you dreamed of when you were a kid. I really feel like this side of heaven. I want that. I want that intimacy. I want that oneness. Yeah, we fight a lot. Don't get me wrong. But there's just that inside and i think the people are crying out for that yeah and so not only do we all want it i hear you say i want that but i wish that listeners would really believe in their heart that god wants it for them it's not just a desire in their heart it's the way that they were created and god keeps inviting us on the journey and and the marriages working with you know being married over 40 years and work with couples over 30 years the marriages that we want to be like when we grow up are the marriages that have gone through the deep weeds Right. That have come through addictions and, you know, adultery and other all kinds of calamities and say, nope, we yep. believe in covenant. We so believe God is the God of covenant Amen. and we're not giving up. Yeah. Those are the marriages that I want to be like. That's right. We hit the rough. I, I, I literally sure. was talking to a, a, a couple yesterday about that. It's the other marriage conference are doing the one on November 10th and 11th. And I was giving them um, it was my correlation. It was Joe Rogan's scale of fun. I was listening to one of his podcasts and he was saying, your roller coasters are fun. But it's not long-lasting fun. In five years from now, you're not going to your friend, dude, remember that time we went up, and then we went down, <laughs> and then we went up and down, and then we twisted again. That's like, good. We went on whatever. We had a roller coaster. He was talking about a hunting trip he went on, and it reminded me of one I had been on with my dad and one of his best friends, Herb Fisher. He's out in D.C. right now with Herb and Donna. Hi, Herb. My parents' best friends. <laughs> my dad and I and Herb were in Colorado hunting. We got rained, snowed, and hailed on in the three days we were there. I didn't see one animal. Herb saw one elk the entire time we were there. Nobody got harvested animals. We got just, I hate being cold. We got soaked to the bone. And then the tent broke, this old green army tent. And so we took turns sleeping next to the door, holding the flap shut with your hand. And then as you got more and more asleep, your hand would relax, the flap would fly in your face. And we laughed all <laughs> week. We laughed and laughed. We laughed as wet as we got. We laughed when the flap would blow up and wake us all up. We've talked about that a hundred times. I got to tell you, the reason why I've got a good marriage with Laura is because of the hell and high water we went through. It's because of it, not in spite of it. It's not because we got through it somehow. It's because we chose, no matter what happened, no matter what we went through, no matter what life threw at us, no matter what the devil threw at us, we're staying married. Well, thanks to Tim. You're, you're, so grow up. Yeah. Time to grow up, people. I'm and more I just of a love direct that. style counselor than my yeah. bride, okay? Bottom line, we could save a lot of money. Well, we see a lot of appointments. Of just grow, grow up. Grow up. That's yeah. all I needed to hear. I'm but good we, at that. Laura and I have, and that's the thing I want to tell couples out there that are going through the rough patches, going through the hard times, going through mm. all those troubles. Those will make your marriage great. You will look if back on those it. things mm-hmm. and go, can you believe it? Like this is this is one of my examples Laura and I talk about. We flew to Australia to do an event with Lincoln when he was one. He was one year old. He had just turned one. We flew a 14-hour direct flight to Australia from LA. Our flight got canceled, our overnight flight. We left at 10 in the morning. He was completely awake virtually the entire flight. 12 of those hours he was up doing. Oh my goodness. I've never been more tired. I sat on a fork, a metal fork on the (laughs) airplane. I stabbed myself in the thigh. Full on, stuck in my leg. I had to pull a fork out of my leg. He screamed through the whole flight. I've never been more tired ever in my life. And Laura looked at me after that flight and she goes, after that, we can do anything. We can do anything. There's nothing we can't do. We did a nine hour flight from Australia to Hawaii. It was cake. and laughed. People, it was so all easy. of Laura's brothers and sisters were like, how did you do it? We're like, nine hours, nine hours on my head. We could do anything. And that's where our marriage is today. We've been through so much stuff. And people are like, what? Really? Yes, really. We have. But you know what? That's so much like our sex life and our intimacy with God and with each other. We avoid those hard times. Nobody would sign up for a flight like that. But after you've been on that flight, you say, now we could do anything because of it. And I think sometimes sexually, it's good to look at each other and say, hey, I'm not, I wouldn't ask for these bad times. I don't want to review my sexual history and work through all the shame. I'd do anything to avoid it. 
But for the couples that do go through it head on and actually trust God and get their healing, they turn to each other and say, it's because of our healing and because Mm -hmm. we confronted those hard times and believe God was on the other side that we're enjoying each other so much and we understand the why. Think about this though, Anne. Nobody would sign up for those hard times, right? Who would do that? We would. This is where our culture has gotten. We're so soft. Listen to this. If the softer we get, the more Cheeto fingers we become, the more Cheetos. Big Macs we eat, the more UFC, MMA, CrossFit gets created. Weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Jocko Willink. Jocko was talking to Adam Carolla and Adam said, how do I make myself tougher? What are the things I can do to make myself tougher? What are those things? He's actively looking for it. I do that. I take cold showers. I, and Jocko said, get up early, work out. Do those hard things. It's worth it. That's the thing that's worth it. It makes it worth it. That's who would do this? Who would embrace these awkward conversations? Yeah. You know who would do it? People that want an exceptional marriage. Yeah. Like those people that want to look buff. They want to look big. They want to look good. They invest in it. They work out. They read about it. They eat healthy. They do all those things. People that want an amazing, crazy marriage, a great, awesome sex life, then embrace that grind, embrace that hard work, get up early, get to work and do it. You can have it. And then you look back and be like, look what we did. Hmm. And Laura, yeah, Yeah. maybe this goes back to what you said about hope, because I think with physical fitness, we have a lot of models for people that are really in shape, CrossFit training, eating right, Mm -hmm. go online and and get any diet, any vegan, whatever you want to be, you can be it. It's like, but how many models do we have for really healthy marriages? I think we don't even believe it's possible. And so I just want to say to all the listeners, and this isn't in a pink bow kind of a statement. It's coming from my heart. I love being married. Yeah. And I don't love being married because it's so easy. I love mm. being married because there's no other relationship yeah. in my life that challenges me to those hard things. Mm-hmm. And it gives me the uh, freedom to say yes or no. And so at the core of that is, do I believe that God is good? And do I be- and can I trust him? Mm. And so whether it's <laughs> your sex life or whatever it is, the core question is, do I believe God is good? And, and am I positioned? Even just on that, I think most listeners mm. would say, I believe God's good. I think the golden question deeper than that is, do I believe God's good to me? Yeah. <laughs> to Tim Evans. Because, yeah, he's good. He, I, I've been reading of my Bible he is. for, yeah, know, for right. six years. It's like whatever. It's like, no, but I believe with my whole heart he's good to me. Anne believes God's good to her. So, so is God good? Is he good to me? And then do I see myself as a son or a daughter? Because identity, as a identity, son or a daughter, identity. I mm-hmm. run to my father yep. and say, this feels awkward. I don't like talking about this. This is... Help me, Daddy. Yeah, help yeah. me, Daddy. That's and, there, what and there's an enemy that's pushing, going back to Jesus beginning his earthly ministry. You know, the good father spoke from heaven audibly and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, before he even did anything. Yep. Yeah. Just because who he was. Mm. The enemy, the Holy Spirit leads him to the wilderness for power encounter with Satan. And what does Satan say three times? If you're the son of God, if Questioning you're the son of God, identity. if you're the yeah. son of God, but he leaves out. He didn't say what the good father said. He didn't say, if you're the beloved son of God. Listeners, you are the beloved son, the beloved daughter of a good father God. Start there. Start there. And then to tag on what you said, Ryan, that little riff, it's like one of our, we have had 40 tips from 20 yeah, 20, you do. 20 tips from 40 years of marriage that's available to your listeners. But one of those is something I've said to firemen. I've said it to my own kids. I'll say it to my grandkids. When you come to a crossroads in life or in your marriage, we're all at crossroads. Choose the more difficult path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wait, invites, what's that called? That's called the path, path of, of more, more resistance. resistance. <laughs> it invites a deeper measure of humility. Yeah. It mm-hmm. invites you to learn and grow Unlearned. and take a next step. And it yep. also leaves the easier path for someone who might not be where you're at yeah. right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the opportunities like Ann and I have had yeah. and the mentors we've had. So when you for come sure. to a crossroads, listeners, inquire the Lord first. Yep. Invite God, your good father, and get grounded in your true identity as a beloved son or daughter of a good father. Mm-hmm. And then... By God's grace, take the next step. Mm-hmm. Take the more and difficult as, step. And as you take the next step, you automatically become a model for other people because I want to say to listeners, people are watching you. Your kids are watching you. So as you grow, your whole household changes, mm-hmm. your friends change. Um, and it's not always in words. It's just in modeling truth and modeling confidence and modeling love and joy. And you become uh, an arrow that points people to the Lord without right. a word. How often have we said we believe the most untapped kingdom advancing 
potential in the world. His marriage. marriage. Yeah, marriage. That's right. Bedrock. Absolutely. Mm. Oh my goodness, what an amazing one. Yes. Full hour. Thank you. Full hour. Thank you, Love Tim it. And Ann. The podcast people are like, what hour? Love it. <laughs> I gotta ask you a favor. Sure. So after people listen to this, they're gonna be like, but I have so many questions. So can we schedule a time in the future where we do a full Q&A with Tim, Ann, Ryan, and Laura? That would be so much big, fun. We'd either love that. On, we'll do it on Together and Naked. Uh, a full Q&A. We'll video it. We'll go sit in the big room up there, play some music. Uh, Producer Kay will ask questions, and uh, we'll have a good time. Does that sound good? That sounds so Thank fun. Thank you, guys. Now we, we love, love you. the heart of Rebel Parenting. Mm-hmm. The team, God's Assemble. We just bless you guys. And just uh, extraordinarily outpouring of God's goodness and grace. We declare over you guys in your ministry for God's glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Awesome. Woo! Rebels! Did you love Tim and Ann? Wasn't it a great broadcast? I love having them back on. Their book is so fantastic. It is called, if you missed it, Naked reclaiming sexual intimacy in marriage there is a companion journal you definitely have to get the companion journal why because it's full of homework you definitely got to do that also don't forget the giveaways we've got them for you it is 20 takeaways from 40 years of marriage that's nuts and bolts stuff you can put to put into your marriage right now today upgrade it right this minute and the one everybody is asking for why you and your spouse need to schedule sex and how to have it more frequently. You can go to rebelparenting.org, click on the link on the right-hand side, or right now go to timplusand.com. That's T-I-M-P-L-U-S-A-N-N-E.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You can get it. Don't forget, on Instagram, I am at Rebel Parenting, and Monday and Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, Rebel Live on facebook.com slash Dobson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for telling your friends. God bless. See you next week.